Welcome, my dear listeners, to a new mind-expanding episode of I Squared Podcast. In previous episodes, I have touched a little bit about the idea of non-self, but didn't really expand on it. Today, we unravel this complex strand of thought known as anatta in Pali and anatman in Sanskrit, or non-self in plain English. On this journey, we'll examine the foundations of non-self, traverse its evolution through history, and critically explore its implications for our contemporary consciousness. But let me first warn you, in this episode, I will be using quite some vocabulary in Sanskrit, and I do not have the best pronunciation, so if there is any discrepancy, please refer to the transcript for the correct spelling if you would like to know more about them. <laughs> now, before we dive into the intriguing world of non-self, let's first have a look on the historical context. As humans, our quest to understand the self predates recorded history. Many ancient cultures had fluid concepts of self, often intertwined with myths, nature, and spirits. The far reaches of the Eastern world, particularly the Indian subcontinent, presents a fertile ground where complex philosophies sprouted. In the crucible of 6th century BCE India, numerous philosophical ideas were being vigorously explored. The most popular belief was the idea of Atman, or the eternal self. Stemming from ancient Vedic texts, Atman was believed to be the everlasting, unchanging spiritual essence of a person, an entity that transcends death and travels from one life to another, pretty much in line with the idea of the soul. However, it all changed with the emergence of a young prince named Siddhartha Gautama, later known as the Buddha. He held up a mirror to these prevailing notions. He introduced a radical perspective that fundamentally challenged this concept of an internal self. He suggested that we do not possess an intrinsic, independent self or Atman, but instead our perceived self is an interplay of physical and mental components that are in constant flux. Building over centuries on the Buddha's revolutionary proposals, eminent Buddhist scholars like Nagarjuna nurtured and shaped the non-self thought further. Nagarjuna was a monk philosopher of the 2nd century CE. He was a central figure in the development of Mahayana Buddhism and the founder of Madhyamaka philosophy. He expanded the idea of sunyata or emptiness he elucidated that all phenomena, including the self, are void of intrinsic existence. They merely exist dependent on other phenomena, much like a mirage, ever-present, but without an intrinsic, inherent, or independent substance. A lot of the teachings of the Mithyamaka branch of Buddhism was summarized by the Enigmatic Heart Sutra, where the verse emptiness is form, form is emptiness comes from. In the Heart Sutra, or sometimes referred to as the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra, not only the self is disputed, even life 
death, defilement, non-defilement, our sense organs, our perceptions. Because everything is based on the self, when the self is empty, everything is empty. So here we are, my dear listeners. We arrive at our starting point. These teachings were born millennia ago under the Bodhi tree, presented through Buddhist scriptures, and developed in the scholarly ambience of Nalanda. They guide us to learn about non-self or anatta in this episode. Thank you for tuning in to the IceGrad podcast. After the break, we will explore deeper the meaning of non-self. Departing from the historical roots and philosophical traditions, we venture now into the core essence of the elusive concept of the non-self. What does non-self really mean, and what does it invite us to perceive? At the heart of this Eastern philosophy lies a seemingly paradoxical teaching: we are ever-changing, interconnected beings, intricately woven. Into the tapestry of the cosmos, yet devoid of an intrinsic, independent self. To understand what it means to be empty, we need to first understand. In Buddhism, there are two ways of interpreting what is true. The Buddha taught that everything has a conventional truth and an ultimate truth. Now, before you start wondering, this ultimate truth is not alternative fact. But rather a holistic way of looking at the truth. Let me give you an example. When you look at an empty glass, it is empty of water, empty of liquid. That is the conventional truth. But the ultimate truth is that the glass is only empty of liquid, but is full of air. Through quantum mechanics, we now understand that even vacuum itself is not empty. There are quantum fluctuations within the vacuum. The Buddha taught us to use conventional truth to help us make sense of the world, but we always have to be mindful that the conventional truth is only a facet of the ultimate truth. Imagine, if you will, a beautiful flower blooming in a quiet field. This flower, in its simplicity, carries an entire universe within it. Its existence is the combination of countless factors: the seed that was sown, the soil that nourishes it, the sun that gives it energy, the clouds that rain life-giving water on it, and even time itself that allows it to bloom. All these factors are then dependent on infinite other factors in the universe, spanning all the way back to the Big Bang. Yet, at the same time. If we were to dissect this flower, searching for its intrinsic flowerness, we would find no single element that embodies the flower completely. Without the sun, the soil, the water, the seed, the entire universe, what remains of the flower? Where can we find its essence? 
Buddhists argue that just as the flower doesn't contain an intrinsic essence or independent existence, neither do we as humans. Our perceived self comprises a combination of five components, or skandhas in Buddhism. They are one, physical form, two, feelings, three, perceptions, four, mental formations, and number five, consciousness. Yet, none of these components or the multitude of combinations inherently or independently define us. The concept of the skandhas might be unfamiliar to you. Let me explain. I will try to keep it simple. To understand the skandhas, I want you to try to imagine them as pages in a book. Together, they comprise the story of our perceived self, constantly being written and rewritten with the passage of time and experience. And even though these pages may contribute to the story, none of them, whether in isolation or as a group, define the unchanging essence of this book we call the self. The book's first page is rupa, or form. This comprises our physicality, our body, and our sensory apparatus. It is how we interact with and experience the tangible universe. Yet, is the book just about its cover and pages? We know there is more to it. Now turn to the next page, banana, or sensations. These are the feelings we experience in reaction to sensory input, ranging from pleasurable and painful to neutral. However, our story isn't only a compilation of reactions. Advancing, we find samya, or perception. This is our process of recognizing and interpreting sensory data, the way we label and categorize the world. But our story consists of more than mere labels. Turning further still, we encounter sankara, or mental formations. This is the broad set of mental habits, patterns, prejudices, and predispositions that color our world. Yet, while our biases shape our narrative, they don't encapsulate its entirety. Final page, but critical, vijnana, or consciousness. This refers to the basic awareness of sensory and mental objects. It's like the blank canvas where our story unfolds. Yet, can the book be merely its blank canvas? So, if we are not merely our bodies, our feelings, our perceptions, our mental predispositions, or our conscious awareness, who are we? The teaching of non-self asks us to peel back these layers, page by page, and confront this fascinating question. As we realize that these layers of self are ever-shifting, interdependent, and devoid of intrinsic, independent existence, we see the emptiness of the notion of a fixed I, just as a river continuously flows, always changing, yet persistently linked the same river. Our self flows and changes incessantly, defying the grasp of a static label.
the teaching of non-self leaves the veil, revealing that our perception of self is but a dance of these interplaying elements, and in this dance lies our freedom, the freedom to change, to grow, to influence and be influenced, unfettered by a rigid notion of self. Our self, much like the flower, is a construct ever-flowing and dynamic, shaped by countless influences and interactions. It is not that the self does not exist, but rather that it does not exist in the way we often conceive it. Just as every atom in the flower is a testament to the interdependent cosmos, so too is every element of our being a pointer to our deep interconnectedness with all that exists. However, our mind, with its tendency to cling to fixed notions, resists this idea of fluidity and interdependence, insisting on the illusion of an intrinsic, independent I. Non-self invites us to pierce through this illusion, setting the stage for an extraordinary perception shift. Thank you for tuning in to the IceGrad podcast. In the next segment, we'll explore how the insights of non-self can help us navigate the fast-paced modern world. From the profound depths of ancient thought, we raise our sights now to the towering skyline of modernity. In our contemporary society, where the colors of individuality are proudly embraced and a robust sense of self is often the road to success, how does this profound Buddhist notion of non-self fit in? You might be surprised how relevant and transformative it can prove. Today, we are conditioned to maintain a fixed identity. We liken ourselves to an impervious fortress with solid walls defining what we are and most separating us from them. But what if we see these walls as permeable membranes, our identities not as fortresses, but as interdependent ecosystems, forever in a state of a dynamic exchange with the world around us? Is this not a more authentic portrayal of who we are? Our thoughts, feelings, characteristics, are they not subtly and constantly shaped by myriad outside influences, just as our physical bodies are sustained by the air, food, and water from our environment? Conventional wisdom might argue that maintaining a strong individual self-identity is our armor in the battleground of society. But let's reconsider this. Our inherent interconnectedness, as reflected in non-self, does not necessarily obstruct individual expression. Instead, it adds an extraordinary dimension to it, recognizing the lack of an unchanging, independent self encourages flexibility, adaptability, 
empathy and understanding. Imagine the world at peace if we could let go of our rigid perceptions and realize that opposing viewpoints are as much a part of the societal ecosystem as our own. Imagine the liberation from the constant pressure to conform to an inflexible self-identity. Imagine the freedom of being able to evolve freely instead of wrestling ourselves into the box of who we should be. However, the practice of non-self in daily life is not about dissolving your identity. Rather, it is about seeing it for what it is, fluid, interdependent, and transient. It is about removing the blinders of ego that limit our perception and unveiling a deeper understanding of our place in the web of life. Likewise, impressively, this seemingly enigmatic concept of non-self also fits firmly into our growing understanding of the world through science. From the ecological principles of interdependence to the ceaseless exchange of the particles in quantum physics, modern science often sounds remarkably similar to the resonant chime of non-self. Take psychology, for instance. Increasingly, Contemporary psychology feels the self not as a single, unchanging entity, but as a complex interplay of cognitive and affective processes. It acknowledges that our self is a dynamic, evolving construct affected by various situational and environmental contexts. In psychology, there is a term called schema, clusters of memories desires, and attitudes that guide our perceptions. These clusters are considered to form our self-concepts, always in a stage of update, reformation, and adjustment, colored by our experiences, learned behaviors, and interactions, just like the ever-changing self in the non-self. Here, Understanding the concept of non-self or implementing its principles can provide crucial tools for better mental health. It allows us to see our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors as transient, interconnected phenomena, rather than rigid identifiers of who we are. This realization can be empowering fostering self-compassion and resilience. Now, consider an ecosystem. It is a perfect web of interdependence. Every species, no matter how insignificant it seems, plays a crucial role in the balance and health of the system. They are not isolated entities. Rather, they are part of an ongoing dance of interrelation. Consider a tree in a forest. This tree much like our flower from earlier, cannot exist on its own. It relies on the soil for nourishment, the sun for energy, the rains for hydration, and even certain organisms to help it absorb nutrients. It gives back to the ecosystem as well, providing shade, producing oxygen, offering a home to animals, and contributing to the soil after it dies. The tree, though individually identifiable, 
is not independent. It is a beautifully interwoven part of the forest. Similarly, the concept of non-self sees us humans not as isolated entities, but as integral nodes in a vast network of interconnected elements. Our thoughts, feelings, actions, our very being is continuously engaging with countless other beings and conditions, both tangible and intangible, inside and outside of our bodies. We are like the tree in the forest of existence. Our societal identities, our cultures, our knowledge, our technological advances, they are all results of this interconnected dance and are contributing back to this dance in myriad ways. It is an ongoing play of causes and conditions, insights and influences as non-self instructs us. The forest is within the tree. The tree is within the forest. The world is within us, and we are within the world. Emptiness is form. Form is emptiness. Non-self invites us to realize this profound ecological truth of our existence and cultivate an inclusive rather than an exclusive sense of identity. This is where the ancient wisdom of non-self interfaces with our modern understanding of interconnectedness as illustrated by the metaphor of the ecosystem. So, Buddhist philosophy and modern insights are not disparate after all. They are different paths up the same mountain of understanding. Thank you for being here with us on the iSquared podcast. Stay with us as we continue exploring the fascinating concept of non-self. In the next segment, we will investigate how grasping these ideas could transform our daily life and relationships. As we embark on the second half of our journey, we now gaze upon the practical landscape of non-self. The wisdom of non-self, while deeply philosophical, also unfolds a roadmap for enriched daily life. How, you might wonder. Let's navigate through this together. Imagine you are standing on a cliff, admiring the vast ocean. To the untrained eye, each wave seems separate arising and falling independently. But with a deeper understanding, we realize the waves are not separate. They are part of the same boundless body of water. This perception shift can liberate us from narrow views, fostering greater empathy and understanding. Just as waves are part of the vast ocean, we are part of the boundless universe. Every action we take and word we speak is like a ripple effect influencing the world around us in ways we may not even comprehend. Recognizing our interconnectedness can induce our life with a sense of responsibility, kindness, and compassion. 
The acceptance of non-self also protects us from the tyranny of egoistic conflicts. How often do disagreements arise from rigid identity attachments, leading to words and actions we later regret? Living non-self doesn't erase disagreements, but it changes how we perceive and interact with them. It lets us tackle issues without engaging our egos, fostering understanding and resolution. Consider this. You are at a team meeting, and you propose an idea you have been working on tirelessly. However, it's dismissed by your colleague outright, and they suggest an alternative approach. You feel a surge of defensiveness, and it turns into a heated argument. What's happening here? Why did this opposition trigger an emotional response? It is often your ego at work. The ego thrives on identification, attaching I and mine to your thoughts, feelings, ideas, possessions, and so forth. When your colleague dismissed your idea, the ego perceived it as a threat, a dismissal of yourself, thus sparking conflict. But what if you could view this situation through the lens of non-self? You could realize that your idea does not define you. It is a momentary manifestation of countless interplaying factors. Your knowledge, your past experiences, the books you have read, the conversations you have had. It is not intrinsically you. It is the product of many interconnected elements. Therefore, instead of feeling attacked, you might feel open to understanding your colleague's perspective and exploring the best combination of your thoughts. Recognizing non-self helps you see that your colleague's opposing viewpoint doesn't make them an opponent. Like you, they are shaped by their own set of influences and experiences. This understanding can nurture empathy, turning potential conflicts into collaborative dialogue. The true, profound realization of non-self has the power to dissolve these ego-fueled conflicts, setting the stage for more empathetic, constructive conversations and interactions. And not just in the professional arena, but also in our personal relationships and most surprisingly, our inner dialogue. Try taking yourself out of all your problems, and you will quickly see how embracing non-self will lead to inner peace. Furthermore, the realization of non-self provides us with tools to handle change and loss more effectively. Understanding that we are intrinsically changeable and interconnected beings allows us to better accept life's transient nature. It fosters resilience, loosens the grip of fear, and grants us the courage to swim with life's currents instead of against them. Finally, embracing non-self can lead to an enhanced sense of well-being. Appreciating our fundamental interconnectedness can diminish feelings of isolation and separation. It helps us realize that we are not alone. We are part of a wonderfully vast, interwoven tapestry of existence. In essence, 
understanding and practicing non-self could enable us to live more mindful, empathetic, and harmonious lives. In essence, understanding and practicing non-self could enable us to live more mindful, empathetic, and harmonious lives. It is like learning a new language, the language of fluidity and interconnectedness, a language that can transform how we interact with ourselves and the world. As we navigate deeper into our understanding of non-self, it is crucial to address some common misconceptions that might cloud our lenses. After all, like a complex piece of art, non-self is often subject to a diverse, sometimes inaccurate interpretations. Let's clear the air here. One main misunderstanding of the concept of non-self is equating it with nihilism, the belief in the meaninglessness of life. On the surface, saying there is no intrinsic, independent self might sound like a denial of existence, leaning towards nihilistic views. However, this couldn't be further from the truth. The teaching of non-self does not reject reality or devalue life, rather, it profoundly enriches it. It guides us to perceive ourselves beyond the illusion of isolated individuality, to embrace our fluidity, interconnected essence, injecting profound meaning into our existence. A flower does not contain an intrinsic flowerness, but it contains the entire universe. I do not possess an intrinsic meanness, but I contain the entire universe. Another common misinterpretation is considering non-self as an excuse to absolve personal responsibility or to succumb to one's powerlessness. Again, this misses the mark. The dynamism highlighted in non-self signals not our weakness, but our strength, our ability to adapt, to grow, and to shape our narrative. Recognizing non-self isn't disempowering, is it freeing? You are not doomed to a certain way for eternity because there is no unchanging you to be doomed. You are free to evolve, learn, and transform, riding the waves of life with agility and grace. Additionally, some fear that accepting non-self might lead to self-neglect undermining self-care or self-improvement. But non-self doesn't overlook the importance of individual wellness or growth. It gives us a new perspective to look at them. You care for yourself not because it is a solid entity that needs protection, but because it is a unique, ever-changing expression of life that deserves to be nurtured. Similarly, Self-improvement in the light of non-self isn't about shaping a rigid I into a better I. It is about exploring, understanding, and fostering the dynamic interplay of elements that constitute you. It is about growing as an individual, 
while nurturing the profound connections you share with everyone else, striking a balance between individuality and interconnectedness. In essence, the concept of non-self isn't about denying or negating the self, but about seeing it accurately. It is a step towards unshackling our minds from the restrictive perspectives, opening doors to a more comprehensive, compassionate, and freeing understanding of our existence. Now that we have voyaged through the sea of theory, let's anchor at the island of practice. It is one thing to grasp the concept of non-self intellectually, but how do we translate this understanding into our lived experiences? Here are a few practical techniques and everyday exercises to help you unravel the fabric of non-self. First, mindful meditation can prove a powerful tool the practice of observing our thoughts, emotions, and sensations without judgment aligns well with the concept of non-self. As you sit in stillness, noticing thoughts and feelings arise and pass like clouds in the sky, you start seeing the transient, interdependent, and non-intrinsic nature of your own self. For beginners, there are many approaches to mindfulness meditation. You can focus on your breath, a physical sensation, or the sounds around you. The key is maintaining a sense of detached observation, letting feelings, sensations, and thoughts come and go without clinging or aversion. Along with meditation, daily mindfulness practices can also deepen your understanding of non-self. As you go through your daily life, try to notice the interconnectedness in simple activities. When eating a meal, reflect on the chain of people, processes, and natural factors that contributed to the dish in front of you. Recognize the interrelation and impermanence in the ordinary. Another exercise is to observe the shifting nature of your personal identity. For instance, Think about how you are with different people, say your family, colleagues, or friends. You see that you embody different aspects of you in different scenarios, none of which can encompass the totality of your being. This exercise can serve as a direct, personal understanding of the fluidity of the self. These are just starting points and the path of non-self can be as deep and far-reaching as you wish to go. But remember to show kindness and patience during your practice. Non-self, after all, is not an achievement to be unlocked, but an evolving, deepening understanding to cultivate. Here is another helpful technique. Next time, when you are engaged in a conversation, try stepping back from your immediate viewpoint and attempt to see the situation from the other's perspective. Understand that their point of view, like yours, is shaped 
by a myriad of factors, worldviews, experiences, thoughts, and emotions. This practice not only fosters empathy, but also loosens the grip of the ego and its stronghold on being right or wrong, reflecting a key principle of non-self. And for those times when you find yourself attached to strong emotions, remind yourself of their transient nature. Whether it is intense joy or overwhelming sadness, acknowledging that these are impermanent states, not defining aspects of yourself. The dispassionate observation of your emotions can give valuable insights into the ephemeral nature of your perceived self. Nature walks can be another practical form of understanding non-self. As you walk, try to see yourself as an integral part of the environment, not as an isolated observer. Reflect on how each element of the ecosystem is interconnected and constantly changing. This can act as a potent metaphor for your own interconnectedness and impermanence. Additionally, creative pursuits like writing, painting, or dancing can also facilitate an understanding of non-self. These activities often flow from a place beyond our constructed identity offering glimpses into the interconnected dance of existence that we are a part of. Reflecting on this post-activity can deepen your understanding and experience of non-self. Lastly, try and cultivate mindfulness in daily activities, be it while eating, doing household chores or at work. Notice that many factors, obvious and subtle, affect and contribute to each moment. This continuous practice builds a lens of interconnectedness, fluidity, and can become a gentle, ongoing meditation on non-self. Thank you for being here on the iSquared podcast. Remember, the realization of non-self is a gradual process. Be patient, be gentle, and remember to enjoy the journey as much as the insights. We hope these practices make this insightful journey accessible and meaningful to you. As we pivot, Toward the conclusion of our intriguing expedition, we find ourselves richer with insights, brimming with newer perspectives to perceive ourselves and the world around us. To explore non-self is to embark on a transformative journey inward, to question, to reflect, and ultimately to grow beyond the confines of conventional identity, unfolding a cohesive understanding of our phenomenal existence. Finding our non-self, as paradoxical as it appears, might be precisely the path towards uncovering our true self. Not a self that is isolated or rigid, but a self that is ever-changing, ever-evolving, ever-interconnected. A fluid self that resonates with the vibration of the cosmos rooted in compassion, embracing diversity, 
and embodying unity. Understanding and practicing non-self does not mean negating our uniqueness. It means celebrating it within a wider, interconnected context. It means acknowledging that our individual ways of existence, while indistinguishable, are a part of the same vast ocean of life. When we learn to step back from our limited, eye-centered view and adopt a more holistic frame of reference, we can navigate through life with heightened empathy, profound wisdom, and resilience. We start appreciating the interplay between continuity and change, between individuality and interconnectedness, between assertion and adaptability. I hope our discussion today has served as an enlightening introduction to the principles of non-self. But remember, understanding non-self is only a starting point. Like all profound truths, its wisdom is to be lived, experienced, and integrated into the marrow of our daily existence. With what we have evoked today in our minds and hearts, I invite each and every one of you to explore the concept of non-self, all the while embracing the fluid and interconnected nature of your own self. Begin the practice of mindfulness in everyday activities, aim for an empathetic dialogue, observe the dynamic nature of your emotions, and don't forget to connect with the wider world around you, appreciating its impermanence and your place within it. I encourage you to share your thoughts, reflections, insights, and journey with us and the wider community. Post your takeaways and experiences on social media with the hashtag, hashtag I squared podcast. Let's create an empowering and reaching dialogue and learn from each other. Because remember, we bear shared existence in this intricate web of life. And don't let the conversation end here. Share this episode with your friends, families, colleagues, anyone you might think may benefit from understanding the aesthetic concept of non-self. Who knows, you might introduce someone to a transformative perspective they never knew they needed. Finally, if this episode resonated with you, please consider leaving a review on our podcast channel. Your feedback enables us to grow and deliver the meaningful content you wish to hear. Stay tuned for our forthcoming episodes where we will continue to explore profound topics imbued with practical wisdom for daily living. Thank you for joining me on this journey towards understanding non-self today, and I look forward to our continuous exploration into the myriad realms of life's wisdom. This is your host, Jimmy Lau, signing off. May your days be filled with happiness and wonders, and may you dance in a symphony of impermanence. Thank you.